Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about Supergirl episode 505. It was called Dangerous Liaisons. Um, and for me, it was definitely kind of on par with the last episode in a way, kind of similarly a bit boring. Um, you know, just felt like kind of another filler episode, even though we ended up like learning quite a bit, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I thought that like, especially some of the Lena stuff was very interesting. Um, the investigation into Andrea and then that final scene with her was very interesting. Um, I really liked the Kelly and Alex, excuse me, Kelly and Alex stuff um, this time. And But we'll get into that in a minute. Really quick, Batwoman time. <laughs> this episode was very good. Although I did have to like close my eyes for most of it because I'm if you listen to my horror podcast episode, you know that I'm li a literal baby uh, when it comes to anything horror or gore. I cannot do gore, can't do blood, can't do any of that stuff. So when Alec uh, Alex, Alice, when Alice was being like the skin snatcher or whatever, I just could not do it. I was like, uh, <laughs> nope. And like, the whole thing with the faces, ooh, it was so gross. But I really enjoyed um, kind of the Kane sisters road trip that we got this episode where, you know, Alex and, um, Alex, or, God, why do I keep saying Alex? Alice and Kate got to finally bond, you know, kind of for the first time in, in however many years it's been, it's, you know, uh, many, many years, like, I can't remember how many years, um, which was really fun to see, to see them interact in that way and, and you know, to see how different they are but similar because they, they are kind of, like, similar in this in, in certain ways but, but definitely, obviously, very different. Um, and I loved that, you know, Kate totally thought that she had Alice, like, you know, within her, her clutches and then Alice was like, yeah, this was literally all a part of my plan. Good night! <laughs> and, like, totally just drugs her and takes her to that house um I thought it was really interesting because obviously there were so many ways that the story could have gone um with Alice and with her backstory um uh with you know because anybody could have found her uh, on the side of the the river um but it happened to be this guy this creep creepy old man like it wasn't even that old but like this creepy you know man and he had this son and and he had this kind of facial deformity um and you know what i just want to know why he couldn't just wear a phantom of the opera mask like everyone else like why does he have to be weird and wear people's skin it's oh, it's disgusting um so but i thought that was really interesting especially the part it was just so heartbreaking you know to see that kate was literally right there on the other side of the door. Like, that was just heart-wrenching. Absolutely heart-wrenching. Um, I think Rachel Scarston did such an incredible job because, you know, despite Alice being absolutely crazy and absolutely mad and, and totally off the rails, you still feel so bad for her you understand that she is a, that she went through so much trauma as a, as a young child, um, that you just, 
you just feel so bad for her. And Rachel Scarston does such a good job giving Alice that humanity that I feel like she definitely deserves. Um, you know, she deserves to have some of that humanity um, that we see in all these other characters because despite being a villain, I, I don't know, I just hope that we get a redemption arc for Alice. I really do. I just love Alice. And this episode was just so good. Like, because it, it, it made everything make sense. And I think for Kate as well, you know, so I love that. Also loved Mary and Luke together. That was so funny. Drunk Mary was so funny. <laughs> and when she said that after looking at these like pictures of the skin snatcher or whatever, um, she's like, man, is this like sick that it's making me hungry for pizza? I'm like, well, never eating pizza again. <laughs> So it was a very good episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm really excited to see where Batwoman goes from here, especially in terms of Alice and Kate's relationship, because I feel like, you know, that's, that's, it's the heart of the show, truly. Like they're, they're like polar opposite uh, nature, the like perfect foils that they are, that that's like the heart of the show. And I, I love that. I'm, I'm so excited to see where it goes. That's one thing that, you know, you could say all kinds of shit about DC TV, but the fact that they can write good siblings, like, especially, like, really great sister duos, like, it, that's just the truth. Like, I mean, we had Sarah and Laurel, which was very fun, fun sister dynamic, Alex and Kara, Kate and Alice, um, It'd be mean if I said Barry and Iris, but, <laughs> um, but it, yeah, so it just, DCTV is very good at, at writing siblings, which I think is awesome. Oh, Oliver and Thea. Um, yeah, so I'm just really excited to see where Batwoman, uh, heads with this, um, because it was a really great episode to, to watch. Um, except, you know, like I said, I'm very squeamish, so I didn't actually physically, like, see a lot of this stuff because I just kind of closed my eyes. Um, but it was very good. What I did see and what I heard was very good. Um, so anyway, now let's get into Supergirl. Supergirl episode five of season five called Dangerous Liaisons. Like I mentioned before, it was a, it was kind of boring as well. Um, but again, and I was talking about this on Twitter. I just want to like put this out here. I don't blame them, especially because I feel like the back half of season four like exists so heavily in everyone's minds because it was so good um that we all forget the beginning and how kind of painstakingly boring the beginning was I mean for god's sakes we had a whole episode about Ben Lockwood's backstory like straight up y'all remember that like that was awful I mean it wasn't a terrible episode because Sam Witwer is very good but you know there are in the beginning of a season there is room for these boring episodes every episode or every series in existence has a boring episode um especially when you have to cover 20 episodes in a whole season and the thing is and I feel really really bad for the Supergirl writers I will never say that again but I do because right now they have a huge right now what they had to do at the beginning in like pre-production for the season was say, okay, how much of our main plot line can we like push or like get through 
before our whole entire show basically gets blown up by crisis? And then what can we do after? How do we continue this main story that we're setting up? So I feel like there's room for them to be boring. I, I, I understand the fact that they're like, well, we, we need to like further this story, but we also can't, you know, totally like go forward with it because we still have all this time, but we need to take into consideration the fact that there's going to be this huge giant hole in the middle of the season that we also have to deal with on the back end of our season. So it just sucks. And that's not a decision that they made. Like, I know people were complaining, like, well, why aren't they talking about crisis on Supergirl? Well, the thing is, if every single series was dealing with crisis, you know, before crisis happened, every single show would have the same, like, plot line. <laughs> like, Barry, I think The Flash has to be one of the ones that talks about crisis pre-crisis because they've been showing that damn newspaper since season one of, like, The Flash disappears in crisis. So they had to be one of the ones to talk about it. And then Arrow, obviously, he's gonna die in crisis. So obviously they have to be the ones to deal with pre-crisis. So it's it's gonna be Supergirl, Batwoman, and Legends dealing with the post-crisis of it all. And it does just suck for them because then, you know, you, you're trying to balance furthering your story without pushing it too far, which is interesting. Um, and especially like, but I think that they did themselves a huge favor, um, this year by showing, um, making it kind of clear that everything this season basically is connected to one central um, issue, Leviathan, which is like, finally, we kind of got the mentions back again this time. We saw the old lady back again, um, the old Leviathan lady. Uh, So, you know, I understand, like, I think, I think it's a really good thing that they decided to make it like, oh, well, we just have one villain. Because before, they've always kind of had these, like, pre-mid-season and then post-mid-season villains. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, last year, yeah, because, well, but then they ended up revealing that um, the Children of Liberty and Agent Liberty were, like, working for Lex all along. So that's interesting. But I think we know, you know, we know earlier this year it doesn't feel as disconnected, so they're definitely going to have to do a lot less legwork on the back half of the season to, like, build up this story because they're already building it up, which I, I really appreciate and I think is very smart. Um, so, yeah, so I think this episode I'm going to kind of do another uh, chronological kind of approach, just like last time, because I feel like, again, you know, there's really not a whole lot to talk about. Um, so I'm going to go through this and do it and then I've got a little bit of theories some theories kind of floating around so we'll deal with that as well um so here we go this episode opened with Andrea Rojas like with a commercial uh for Obsidian North goggles you know her VR contact lenses um which was really interesting because 
I already thought that they were out. Was that just me? Like, I already thought that they just were in the world because I thought we saw so many people with them, especially like at Noonan's. But I guess those would be like Obsidian North, like employees. So they're probably just people um, be like testing because it's like Kelly had them or Lena had them. So I guess, yeah, it makes sense. But I was like, wait, they aren't like out. But, you know, whatever. Um, And then... We saw, like, Kara and Nia talking to each other about William. Obviously, Kara now knows something about William that Leah, excuse me, that uh, Nia does not. Um, So she decides to keep that from her. She decides to keep um, William's true intentions uh, a secret from Nia, which is very interesting, um, especially considering that Nia's the one that, like, kind of did all the hard work on this case. (laughs) Um... But we find out that she did, I mean, she told Alex, and then later in the episode, she actually brings him to the DEO, which is very interesting. Um, uh, so then we see Kelly talk about their, her and Alex's dataversary uh, to Kara, which that's another, that's one thing that I love. I love that Kelly and, and Kara actually have a relationship in this show, like, because during Sanvers, Maggie and Kara had a had an extremely tumultuous relationship. I mean, we'll we'll never forget the episode where Kara was like, "That's my sister. I need to save her." And Maggie was like, "Well, she's my girlfriend. You're not her real sister. You know, whatever." That was awful. So I'm so glad that Kelly's like, uh, you know, like I have Alex, and she's like such a great girlfriend. But I'm so glad that I have you too. Like, you know, that that it's just lovely. And someone on Twitter was like, yeah, it seems like they're just fixing everything they did wrong with Sanvers. And I'm like, yeah, and that's like a great narrative point to make, you know, like because obviously. There were a lot of issues within Sanvers, even before they decided that they needed to break up. Like I said, this whole, like, rift between Maggie and Kara, like, that was not going to go away. So I think that that's the point. Like, when you get into a relationship with someone new, you want it to be an improvement on your last relationship. Like, you want to look for um, a person who can kind of fit your needs better. And that's what Alex did. She, I mean, she wasn't, like, looking per se, but she found Kelly, and, and so Kelly is wonderful, and Kelly is lovely, and, and I loved everything about them in this episode, so, so cute, but I just really adored that moment of Kelly being like, you know, you know, we're friends, and we're great, and I love that, which is so awesome, um, yeah, so then Kara just, like, is out there spilling all the secrets, and then we find, we cut to Lena, and she is, well, she, she she's kind of working with Malefic. She's trying to, like, read his mind or whatever, or, like, extract his Q waves or whatever. I don't know all the science stuff. And he's like, well, you know what? The reason that you cannot get into my mind... Well, the re- well first of all, he, like, possesses Eve Hope... He, like, fully is, like, you can't, like, it's so creepy. Like, it's fully, like, exorcist sort of thing where she, like, gets thrown up against the wall and then she's, like, fully, like, green-eyed, possessed by Malefic. And he's, like, you can't, like, get into my mind. You can't pry into my brain. And Lena's, like, well, what the hell? And he's, like, the only way that I'll, like, let you into my brain and let 
you use my Q waves or whatever, is if you delete the part of my brain that prevents me from killing my brother, Jean Jones. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, Lena, no. But then, but then I remembered the Holy Medusa episode where she decided to work with Lillian until in the end she called the police on her. So I was like, hopefully this is what's happening again. Because Lena does this like all the time, which I love. She's very smart and she's very good at getting what she wants. Um, And she also, whenever Hope or Malefic mentions mind control, Lena always like swivels it back around to rendering pe- she literally said rendering people incapable of hurting each other which i love i adore that i because again it f- doesn't feel like lena's like a villain you know she's just and she doesn't do anything out of like pure hate or anything she just she she's just unbelievably upset at the fact you know that kara kept this secret from her And so she's like, you know what? I'm just going to erase that whole part from humanity. It's all very, like, well-intended. And honestly, like, I don't think it's, like, a novel idea. People have been saying, like, well, what if people couldn't hurt each other? Like, what if people were were just nice to each other? She's just actually doing it, Um, uh, which is really interesting. I just, I love that she's, like, still sticking with her morals. I mean, besides the whole, like, Hope Eve thing... You know, that was still a little, that's a little bit, you know, it's her, it's her season, it's her annual season, like, it's her annual, um, gray action that she got to do, because last year it was killing Adam, that was her annual, uh, morally gray action that she got to complete, uh, this year it's turning Eve into hope, um, But yeah, so I I just think that was so interesting, um, especially because, you know, uh, there's like all of these implications of Lena being a villain or whatever. But again, she's out here like literally saying like the only reason I'm doing this is because I want to help humanity. (laughs) So I just don't see a villain in her. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I just love Lena, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay, so... Then we see this interrogation scene at the DEO. William is there. Kara is there, but she's not dressed as Supergirl. She's Kara because she's with William. Um, and Alex is interrogating this, like, criminal or whatever and uh, whatever. So she, this criminal, what did they call her? Breathtaker? <laughs> like, something like that. Like, breathtaker, breath sucker. I don't know. They called her something like that. And so Alex is like tell me who you work for. And she's like, I don't know. (laughs) And then she's like, well, I mean, the guy had like four arms and he was kind of weird. And William's like, was it this guy? Like he gets like super intense, super violent. They have to like take him out of the interrogation room. I was like, surprise, surprise. Another man being like super violent or whatever. So then we have, uh, we finally meet the villain of the week. His name is Rip Roar. Rip Roar? But he's basically Doc Ock. (laughs) So he's got these like mechanical arms, which is very interesting. And 
basically his whole thing is that he like is stealing this gun from Lex Luthor's vault at this place, the exact place that Kara just stole the journals from. So she knows how like low key their security is. She's like, oh shit, oh shit. Um, so then yeah, and which was very interesting. Then we get more Lena and Malefic scenes. I probably am, like, forgetting stuff, but I'm basically just, like, kind of going through because not a whole lot happened. So if I forget something, I apologize. <laughs> but this is just, like, the stuff that, like, sticks out in my mind as as important as stuff that I remember. Um, oh, okay. I totally, like, skipped ahead when I was talking about Lena and Malefic. Apparently, now is when she tells him, okay, we'll work together. And then Malefic's like, well you need to, like, delete this part of my brain, and, uh, so that was very interesting to see, um, uh, yeah, and then, so then we see Brainy, and he's like, well, guess what? We might not be able to get anything from Windsucker, but we can get information from the creepy spider tattoos, that would be so great, wouldn't it, guys? And Kara's like, well, it's gotta go on somebody, and it's not gonna be me. <laughs> so, um, Brainy's like, well, fine, I'll do it. I'll put on the weird spider tattoos. I don't care. And Jesse gives such an amazing performance as, like, Brainy as the spider guy. He's so good. He's so creepy. He's, oh, God, he's just such a good actor. And it just, like, was such an amazing time and he's like well I don't know who I work for you know whatever um and he I don't know said all this stuff and but it just I was just so focused on on Jesse's performance as Brainy possessed by this thing that it was just so cool and then we see Kara kind of lose it like William did um which is very interesting because a lot of my mutuals were like um what like why is car so aggressive like what she's acting kind of out of character and i was like well william's story is that doc ock stole his best friend and killed him um which also so many people clocked that the best friend is actually doc ock and that actually ended up being true <laughs> but literally on the t- on the timeline everybody was like yeah that's that's uh that's your buddy william your buddies, Doc Ock. <laughs> um, but anyway, so his story is that he was mixed up with Andrea, dating Andrea, and then decided, you know what? I'm gonna just, like, let you meet my girlfriend, Andrea. And then all of a sudden, he's dead, or, you know, presumed dead. Uh, William shows up at his house, and Doc Ock comes down the stairs, and he's like, he's dead. <laughs> even though they never found a body or anything and so I feel like Kara kind of attaches herself to this story because one she desperately adores Catco, Miss Grant, Lena like if somebody who is a murderer and a killer and a and a and a part of this huge criminal conspiracy ring is in charge of basically what she's spent her whole life working at and not her whole life but a big chunk a, a major part of her adult life working and at making this um company a very good company whether as Cat Grant's assistant or as a reporter the fact that she is like so invested that's I what I think makes Kara so invested in this case and with William working with William because she's like 
I just wanted to, or she, because William, of course, has the story about Andrea being evil, but then also he has the story about his best friend getting murdered, and, and Kara's immediately probably thinking of Lena, and, and how she would do anything for Lena, how she did all of this stuff last season for Lena, like, investigating Lex Luthor was basically for Lena, like, so she probably sees a lot of parallels between herself and William and this case, and Lex and Lena, um, in that, in that way, and then also, like I said, she loves and respects Cat Co, and she loves and respects Cat Grant, and the fact that it's now fallen into a potential criminal syndicate leader's hands is, like, I think it's too much, and I, I, I think that that was a really cool moment for Kara, where we see her be so passionate about helping William, but then also, you know, helping Cat Co in general, and, and just not wanting people to get mixed up in all of this stuff is, is really cool and really interesting. Um, then we see Ripper with the old Leviathan lady, and she's like, you're gonna do what Lex Luthor could not change the world, which, you know, was funny. And then another theme throughout the season, or excuse me, throughout the episode is that Kelly believes in Obsidian so much. So she's super excited for this launch. She's super excited for everything about it. She's telling Alex, she's like, this is like the coolest thing ever. And then also Alex is extremely concerned about Kara's investigation into Andrea. And she's like, I just don't want to tell Kelly that her boss is a criminal unless I have to. So, Kara, you have to be sure. Like, you absolutely have to be 100% positive that Andrea is a criminal before we can even mention it to Kelly. Um, which I thought was really cool because, like I said, I love that Kelly is so passionate and so um, overwhelmingly supportive of this company that she just believes so much in. And she says, you know, I had my first success story. You know, this man, he used to have nightmares and now he the now the nightmares are gone because of VR therapy and and so it was just it was such a sweet moment to see Alex and Kelly have that um little lunch that they had at the DEO it was very cute um and then uh Kara and William break into Andrea's office well Kara goes to break into her into her office and William's like Kara what the hell are you doing what are you doing you told me to pump the brakes and now you're in her office. So they find this little box and it's kind of weird. Like it's got that picture of her and, um, and Rip Roar in it. And then, you know, you, there's just like some other like random stuff, like foreign currency or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, her little box is weird, but it doesn't make her a criminal. Um, so they, that's basically what they find in, um, you know, her office. Um, and, Another thing that, like, I found people pointing out was, like, you know, William could be totally lying about all of this stuff about Andrea, about the evidence, about Rip Roar, because Carr is, like, basically all of this stuff that he has is kind of circumstantial. Um, and we actually find out later in the episode that due to Rip Roar's kind of shenanigans, um, Andrea and her family could have lost, like, literally everything. It would have just all been wiped away in the ocean due to that gigantic wave that Rip Roar created. Um, so, again, I don't really think she's a criminal, but that's just me. Oh, and then, you know, we have the whole thing where they go to the Arctic. Uh, <laughs> they go to the Arctic and have to, like, freeze this geyser because Rip Roar's like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna blow this place up. 
I'm going to start this big giant tidal wave. We're going to flood all the coastal cities. That's when the episode started kind of getting interesting to me because there was a lot of like tension. Um, and I hate big wave stuff. It just makes me nervous. <laughs> so that was definitely exciting uh, to see them fighting this kind of ele- like an elemental thing instead of like an alien. They had to try and stop this gigantic geyser and, you know, try to like we see Dreamer which that was such a funny scene where dreamers just like walking down the boardwalk and there are people hanging out and they're like dreamer oh my god and then all of a sudden there's a gigantic tidal wave as if they just expected dreamer to just kind of be casually walking around like if a superhero is ever hanging out near you something is wrong (laughs) something is very wrong but i thought that was so funny i love 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 that moment Um, And then also, so Lena, we see Lena working with uh, Hope Eve, or Eve Hope, um, to test Malefic's powers and to kind of read his, like, kind of, I guess, read his, like, brain waves while he's, like, manipulating these animals that she has. So she has, like, someone, something from Daxum, um, another thing and then uh, a little dragon, basically. Um, So he does all of that stuff. He basically, like, tames all of them, and she, I think Lena was kind of genuinely expecting that he wouldn't be able to tame that little dragon guy, and she picked him up and everything. It was very cute. It was very Morgana and Athusa to me, Um, but yeah, so I definitely think that she really kind of didn't think that he'd be able to do that. So then you see kind of this contemplative look on her face when she realizes like, oh shit, now I have to hold up my end of the bargain, you know, to help him kill Jean. Um, uh, so once this big wave thing is getting started, it's also the launch of Obsidian, <laughs> like of their their... VR space, basically. So Kelly is just sitting there waiting for Alex. She leaves Alex's cute little voicemail of like, I know you're busy saving the world, but you know, I'm here whenever you come. And <laughs> just come back, you know, whatever. And so then we see Kelly put in the go- put in the little contacts and she just sits there like smiling at nobody. And Andrea is like in her office and she's talking to nobody. It just like is super strange. And I know that that's like how VR works in real life like you're just standing there with your like goggles on and you've got your little controllers and you're just standing there doing nothing but you're doing something i think it's really cool that they're you know kind of showing it in that way um and so while this whole thing is happening and everybody's in their little vr world this gigantic wave is headed towards national city i already talked about the dreamer thing she's the one to actually stop the wave Um, which I adored that she actually got to be a hero, um, you know, on her own without having, like, Supergirl be there or, like, Jean or Brainy. Like, she, like, was the hero of the moment, which was awesome. Um, so she basically is out here trying to stop this wave, but the whole time, everybody in, like, Obsidian Land is just, like, staring at nothing, smiling at nobody, and all of a sudden, Kelly, like, she's like, oh my god, all this, these waves must be intense today. I hear all these ocean sounds and all this screaming. So she, like, goes out of her obsidian thing. She, like, does the eye thing. And she sees like, this gigantic wave, Alex out there fighting people, like, trying to get people to safety, you know, risking her life. She watches all of this from a balcony. She sees what Alex is doing. And she looks kind of horrified. Um, 
um yeah which which was really cool so we'll obviously come back to that in a second uh with what that means for kelly and alex because obviously alex is going to put herself on the line like all the time literally all the time because that's her job um so we come back to that in a minute but first we see william he well andrea's like oh william you're not in obsidian land what why and then he stands up and he's like you murdered my friend i can't believe you you're a total crime boss you know all this stuff he's like screaming in her face it was such a cool moment just because like you could feel that's why sometimes i'm like man i don't think you're lying about all this stuff like you could just feel his anger in that moment like it was just so palpable and she just looks so heartbroken which was interesting too because obviously if this is William's dream land which they reveal in a second then you'd think that she would look not heartbroken like she would totally look you know as steely and as unaffected as she always is but no she looks absolutely heartbroken which is really interesting so maybe William kind of deep down knows that Andrea is not really involved in all of this oh we see Kelly and Nia so Kelly is crying in the bathroom at Catco slash Obsidian and um, Nia comes in. She's like, Kelly, are you okay? And Kelly's like, yeah, just a little sad. And and then she explains that since she saw her fiance die in the line of duty uh, during or while fighting overseas, she kind of was triggered um, by seeing Alex nearly die yesterday during this whole wave thing so she's like I don't know what I'm supposed to do like this brought all of these awful terrible memories back you know I don't know I don't know what I'm supposed to do and Nia's like well you know what if you need somebody to talk to I'm always here which is lovely and actually Ozzy Tesfe tweeted that next week we'll see Nia and Kelly actually like have like a cocktail girls night which I absolutely love um which is so cool because again like I said a couple episodes ago it's kind of about building the super friends as like a unit instead of like, oh, well, you two are friends with me, but then I'm friends with you. So you're kind of friends with them, but you're not actually friends with them. You know, like it's actually about building them as a as a cohesive unit, which I love, um, you know, the same way that they've done with Lena and Kelly or like with Jean and Nia, you know, that same kind of thing. Um Oh, and then so then the most interesting part of this whole there's two overall totally interesting parts of this whole episode and one of them is this one lena she okay well malefic's like wow i feel so much better now that like you took that part of my brain away and lena's like oh i didn't and he's like what she's like no i didn't do that why would i do that i'm not out to kill people i told you that i told you i'm not out to kill people especially jean like i'm not gonna kill people that's just not what I'm about. I'm literally creating this and doing all of this research so that I can stop people from hurting each other, um, which was really interesting. And so Malefic is like, what? So then he tries to mind control Lena, but then Lena mind controls him instead. Oh my God. She like had the green glowing eyes because she basically like harnessed his power and put it into her own brain and basically just like totally mind controlled him. And she's like, you like it here? And he's like, yes, I love it here. And she's like, thank you. (laughs) It was actually such a great moment. It felt very Morgana Pendragon. 
I loved it. I thought it was really cool. And a lot of people were pointing out, like, Lena can mind control people in the comics. So this is really cool. This is a really cool moment for Lena to, like, mind control somebody and to have that that power carry over from her comic storyline, which is really cool. Another cool thing, Lena, I don't think, has ever actually been a villain in the comics. She's only actually ever been either morally ambiguous or Kara's best friend slash, like, good guy, whatever. So that does not necessarily mean that Lena's going to be a villain, so just don't freak out. But I just really liked that scene. I thought it was really cool. So hype about that. Um, and then we have this really adorable dance-in scene where Alex gives Kelly basically the present that Alex wanted from Kelly, where she's like, I, you know, I'm giving you this motorcycle helmet for our, kind of for our date anniversary, but also just so you can be my partner, like my riding partner, which I loved. That was so sweet. But you could kind of tell the whole time that Kelly was kind of keeping in, um, what she wanted to tell Alex, and she didn't end up telling Alex, uh, that she was frightened, you know, by what happened at the boardwalk. Um, so I hope that we can see them communicate a bit more next episode, hopefully, because that's, you know, a huge issue that Kelly should, you know, work through. The fact that she's kind of scared now that her fiancé is gonna, or, excuse me, girlfriend is gonna die on her, you know, that's like some deep trauma that you have to work out. So I hope that they kind of talk it out next episode. Um, mm, and then the next most interesting part of the episode, we see Andrea get into her limousine because she's rich. And we see in the limo is the Leviathan old lady. Oh my god, the Leviathan lady. She's in her car. And she's, I don't even remember, this is so, this, sorry guys, I've been really stressed about school, so this episode is not very good. But, so basically, this Leviathan lady is like, hello, Andrea. And she's like, oh my god, Leviathan lady. And that's why I think, I, you know how I've been saying that, like, obsidian is a part of Leviathan? Well, I am kind of tweaking my theory. I think that Andrea is not working for Leviathan of her own will, that maybe she's being blackmailed into working for Leviathan, maybe they're, you know, forcing her to work uh, for Leviathan, and maybe the same thing with William, you know, like I said, there's so many people could be being controlled by Leviathan um, in this space, but I think specifically Andrea, she, because she looked genuinely frightened of this Leviathan lady, genuinely frightened of the Leviathan lady. And so she's basically this, this old Leviathan lady. She also says like, hey, Rip Roar is an issue and we need you to fix it because he's caught right now by the DEO. And they discover that like his headset thing is basically like a part of him now, uh, which is really interesting. They like kind of just rewired his brain and just made him Rip Roar all the time. They confirmed that it is Russell, but it's it's, he's not Russell anymore. He's Rip Roar. Um, and so this old Leviathan lady, she's like, Andrea, you know, we need you to fix this Rip Roar issue. So that's what I'm saying about, like, she's totally, like, working for Leviathan, but not of her own volition. Truly. Because, and I really, honestly, like, she does not seem, she just seems like a mean boss. Or, like, not even mean. She's just trying to get Car to do her job. And I mean, yes, she's obsessed with money or whatever and clicks and stuff. 
but she's not like evil like that's what i was saying about like her drawer i'm like okay she's got foreign money but this does not make her a criminal like so i just think that that she's not a criminal like she's really not and so i'm intrigued for the next episode confidence women uh which i was informed by the way uh cuz i did my when i did my like roundup for final like season news i was like that seems like a typo but no you all kindly informed me that apparently in the beginning con men weren't called con men like they were called confidence men because they had a lot of confidence and they could totally like talk you into anything so basically the title of this episode is con women which is really interesting because it's a lena andrea flashback episode jack is gonna be there I'm really intrigued to see what Andrea's backstory can unfold for all of us. I feel like it'll kind of be akin to Alex's, or, God, Alice's on Batwoman, um, in a way where we kind of get more sympathetic for Andrea. We feel, we feel, um, more sympathy for her in that way. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens there. Um, I definitely, I don't know, I just think that... I think it's really interesting, all this stuff that is happening uh, with Leviathan and um, all of that stuff. So, so really quick, I also wanted to mention that, unfortunately, the ratings went down again. But, I mean, I, you know, I mean, like, everybody's already freaking out. They're like, oh my god, Supergirl's canceled. I'm like, no, no. They kept Arrow on the air for so long, even though it got shitty ratings. Um, but the best thing to do, obviously, is... Um, just stream on the CW app, watch it on your DVR, um, watch it on demand, watch it, watch it where you, where you can watch it, that will support the show, um, live tweet during the episode with the hashtag, please, that is so important, like, it, I don't think it trended at all last night, which is very upsetting, um, because I know so many people live tweet, but they just don't use the hashtag, which is so upsetting, um, but I think, I, th- I really do think ratings will kind of kick up after crisis because people will be like, oh shit, like I want to know what happens like with the rest of the world and how things are playing out now. So hopefully it'll get a bit better, especially after football season's over because I feel like people are just busy on Sunday nights, which sucks. So, and then really quick, since I didn't have, I wasn't, uh, since I didn't have a whole lot of uh, theories about this episode, which I apologize for. It just wasn't a super um, theorizing episode, I guess. Uh, uh, Just like the Leviathan stuff, really. Um, I'm going to read the synopses for episodes five and episode, or excuse me, episode six and episode seven. So here we go. Um, Episode 506 which is confidence women, like I said. Um, It says, Piece together the past. While a new villain is under arrest at the DEO, Supergirl uses him to try to understand who is responsible for the recent attacks. And as we saw in the trailer, obviously somebody is going to be mind-controlling everybody at the DEO, which is very interesting. And I kind of have a theory that Lena is going to end up being the one to save all of them at the DEO because that's what she does. She saves people and that's just how it be. Um, but it says, meanwhile, Andrea and Lena think back on their tumultuous past. I just, you know what? I just want them to confirm that Lena is like has had relationships with women. Like, because if anything, Sam was the one to do it with. 
But now Sam's gone, so Andrea's the one to do it with, even if we never get canon like Kara and Lena together. I just want like bisexual Lena confirmed. Truly. Like, please. Lena has like has all of these like friends from boarding school. She's had to have like had a relationship with one of them. And if it if it's anybody, it has to be Andrea. And that's especially because they have kind of this kind of ex's attitude about them anyway, especially like when Andrea was like, you know what, Lena? The headline will be you. Like that was such a like a I don't know, just like a bitter ex line. So I hope that they kind of, I mean, I have a, I have like a kind of a sick feeling that they were like fighting over Jack or something because this is the episode that Raul Coley is um, rumored to be appearing in. Um, but I just, uh, it would be so cool if they just confirmed that Lena, you know, is not straight. That would be awesome. I would just adore that. So love that. Um, and then episode seven has an extremely interesting synopsis. It says, sometimes the person you would take a bullet for is standing behind the trigger. Supergirl finally learns the truth about Leah while tangling with Leviathan. Jean Jones makes a discovery about his brother's whereabouts. That's intriguing to me. Um, and I really don't think, because somebody was like, well, what the hell? Why did they put that, like, such huge spoiler in the synopsis? I think it might not be about what we think it's about, because that could mean, you know, oh, you know, Kara finally learns the truth about Hope Eve or about her, especially now that we know that Lena has these mind control powers. Maybe Kara finally learns about that. I really don't think it'll be like, you know, the sec- the third reveal, like we all think. Um, but I could totally be wrong. I could totally be wrong. Um, but that's really interesting, especially to put that in the synopsis. That is crazy. Like, why would you put such huge spoiler in the synopsis? But anyway... Anyway, that is all that I have for today. Hope this episode wasn't too boring. It's hard to do these episodes when the show is a bit boring. Um, not to be like Supergirl, not to shade Supergirl, but it is kind of hard to talk about the show when it's hard to remember what happened on the show. Um, so I hope that it covered everything. Hopefully you've kind of found my little mini theories uh, good. Um, So this episode will be up on Wednesday, but on Saturday, I'm going to do the November deep dive episode um, because, and it's way sooner than I thought that I would be doing one. And actually I had no plans for November. Obviously I had a plan for October where I was like, oh, I want to do like Halloween kind of themed episode where I talked about horror and everything. So if you haven't listened to that and you're into horror, you could check that out. Um, But this, uh, this month... I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But on Friday, last week, Dickinson, the Apple TV Plus show starring Haley Steinfeld, got released and I had to talk about it. So so be on the lookout on Saturday for a deep dive episode all about Dickinson. If you have not seen the show, please, please go watch it. I highly, highly recommend it. It is brilliant and funny and clever and a, a show that truly allows you and forces you to think, um, which is lovely. I mean, you could just watch it and not think about it, but I think you definitely have a richer experience if you think about it. Um, so be on the lookout for that. 
sorry it's much earlier than before but I definitely wanted to do it while the show is kind of still you know fresh and and new and people are talking about it people are discovering it obviously I didn't really want to wait until the end of the month when it's been like three weeks since the show was out I think a week even is a little bit late um so be on the lookout for that check it out if you want to um and then yeah so you know, do all the things, like, subscribe, comment, tweet me at TelevisedPod, let me know what you think, um, tell me your theories, that's, like, my favorite part, tell me what you're thinking, um, uh, leave a rating on iTunes, you know, do all the things, and I will see you guys next week. Well, I'll see you guys on Saturday, but then I'll see you guys again next week. Bye!